Uh, I'm really excited to introduce our guest speaker today, Micah Level. Michael, Micah is here uh, from Springfield, Ohio, with his wife Meredith and their new little baby girl Madison, who I think is in the nursery right now. But a beautiful little gal. Oh, there she is, right there. Yeah, awesome. Meredith, would you like to stand up? Yeah, please. And there's Meredith and Madison. Micah has been uh, part of leading a school of supernatural ministry at their home church in Springfield and uh, has a team here that came down for the weekend to do an outreach at the gay pride uh, uh, parade in uh, Cincinnati this weekend. And so he'll share a little of that with you. Uh, This whole school of supernatural ministry, by the way, is something that we're um, working towards planning to start this fall and have have things just about online. We'll be announcing that uh, to you in the next few weeks. But um, Micah has had a lot of privileges, I think, to to say it, uh, put it really clearly like that. Just a lot of privileges in his life. Uh, The opportunity to spend a summer at Bethel Church in California uh, in an internship. And then he was also invited to be part of a school of evangelism uh, through Reinhard Bonnke. And if you know who Reinhard Bonnke is, um, how many of you don't know? Okay, a lot of us don't. He's as, as popular as Billy Graham is here in America. There are... Uh, parts of the world, maybe most of the world, he's as as popular, as well-known, let's put it that way, as Billy Graham. And just this tremendous evangelist. He's, he spoke to the largest, rec- the largest crowd in recorded history uh, at, a, at an evangelistic meeting in Africa. And um, Micah was invited to be part of his school, which was really exciting. So, uh, Micah, uh, come on up and share with us what God's put on your heart. Wow. Awesome, man. It's really good to be here. Hey, I just love to do this. Let's just clap one more time for Jesus. Come on. Because, yeah, Jesus. Jesus is amazing. Jesus is awesome. It's why we're alive. Come on. Well, yeah, so Gay Pride, I'll introduce, let me introduce uh, my team really quick, and then I'll share some stories about Gay Pride just yesterday. It was an amazing time. We had a really fruitful time yesterday. It was just a lot of fun because evangelism is just fun. Like it really is, you know, it's just a fun, fun time. So, uh, yeah, can I introduce, this is, uh, she already stood up, but I want to introduce her again because she's amazing. This is my wife, Meredith, and our baby, Madison. Yeah. And then, uh, can I have the team stand up? Yeah, this is the team that we have. They're awesome. That's Gail back there. Uh, Up here's Elizabeth, and then this is Bonnie in the middle, and right here on the end is Megan. So, yeah, you'll get time with them a little later. So, yeah, Gay Pride. It was an amazing time. We went out with maybe about, what, 14? Was there 14 of us, Wilson? So Wilson came out, a few people. And, man, it was just an amazing time. We we arrived here at about 11 o'clock, and we actually spent about two hours just really preparing. And uh, that's kind of like different, you know, than normally what we do where sometimes we'll just kind of go out wherever we are in a natural way. But we felt to like really just pour into this thing and invest in it and do it really well, do it with excellence and really just have strategies to really see the most impact that we could. So we arrived here at 11. We spent about two hours uh, just making signs. We had different signs that one of them said like, smile, God loves you. Another one said, uh, 
encouraging words and different signs that we had for each team group to have just to hold up and to draw people in to come talk to us because there were like thousands of people, I think. So it was overwhelming. So we needed to have a strategy. So Wilson, Jan, Meredith, my wife and I, and uh, we uh, had a sign that said tattoo interpretation. Yeah, I know that could sound strange, but basically tattoo interpretation is like, you know, the gift of prophecy in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, encouraging, comforting, and building up. It gives vision and clarity to people's lives. So what we do is we'll use somebody's tattoo on their body to give them an encouraging word. So as an example, like if somebody had a flower on their shoulder or something like a rose on your shoulder, a simple way um, that you can easily just start with is just to look at that rose and be like, man, that's a picture of you. Like God just sees you as a beautiful flower and he loves you. So that's kind of, if that gives a context of what we were doing. And man, we like, I think we like tattoo interpreted and prayed for like 50 people. And just like literally one after the other, like as soon as one interpretation ended and they were totally encouraged, they would leave and right immediately a next person would come up. It was like, almost like it felt like there was a line forming or something. Uh, But man, we had so much fun. It was so cool. We got to, um, a really big one was we got to, get this time with the Hindu lady and uh, just really like we interpreted a tattoo she had behind her ear and it was just amazing. She literally every time she's like, no, no, get out. What? No. Are you serious? And uh, Wilson, he said something to her. He's like, you know, there's, there's, there's a higher power that you haven't tapped into yet. And she's like, are you talking about God? And she was just totally receptive. And I think she got your guys' number. So that was a really cool contact. But it was like, Every single one, one after the other, people were just so receptive and so encouraged. And uh, this one lady, uh, she had a tattoo of kind of like an intertwined looking thing, just kind of almost like a chain looking thing. And she was like, so you're telling me that you can interpret this? And I was like, yeah. And uh, so I looked at it and I said, man, I just feel like, I feel like uh, this is just a picture of your relationships. And she like literally just jumped back. She's like, what, what? Like, that's everything I needed to hear. And I was like, yeah, God is restoring your relationships. He's like, get out. What? What? Like, that is everything. So it was just that. It was an amazing time, really fruitful. I think uh, Wilson is going to be speaking next week, what I heard. So I'm sure he'll share some stories too. But it was just an amazing time and really fruitful. So we were excited to do it. So, hey, if it's all right with you guys, I want to share some prophetic words for the church for here, this Vineyard Northwest. I love this church. This church is awesome. Just getting a little bit of time to hang out here. I've known Wilson for maybe, I don't know, going on seven months now or something, but really connected with him and just have been getting to know Van more. And man, just uh, love this church. You guys have amazing leaders here. You really do. You're blessed with amazing leaders. It's a privilege. Like seriously, like don't take it for granted. It's awesome. So, yeah, as I said, you know, prophetic is encouraging, comforting, and building up. That's literally all it is. So if it isn't any of that, we'll just throw it away. Uh, <laughs> like, honestly. So uh, I want to just share an encouraging word for you guys, for this church. For I just feel like it's, an, it's something for every single one of you here. And I just really feel like Vineyard Northwest is a distributing church. And it was amazing because I got to see that in action today with uh, just the presenting of this check to this awesome ministry and I, it just totally speaks to it. And like, you know, Cincinnati is a city, is known as a distributing city. Like, I'm originally from um, Seattle, Washington kind of area. 
And I remember all the time in grocery stores, you look on the back of the can or look on the back of a bag, and it, it would all, tons of stuff distributed from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I just feel like that's actually a grace on this church, this house, that you guys have a grace to distribute and to import things and, and transfer things to other churches and to other ministries, which is totally what was happening today. It's amazing. So that's so cool. I, I feel like another thing, you know, the Vineyard Church in general is a movement. Is very, there's, a, there's a real ability to create models that can be transferred. Like, you know, you see the, the five-step prayer model. Or just different things that have, they're so, it just makes things so easy and so natural for everybody to get in the body of Christ. And I feel like that especially is a real grace here in this church. So it's for all of you guys. All of you in some way are playing a part in it. And obviously you were with uh, even just today what happened. And then uh, I actually wanted to give a word to Pastor Van, uh, if I could. Uh, I actually got an acronym for you. Um, and I... An acronym meaning I, I took the letters of his name and I just got something out of those V-A-N. So the V, for V, I just felt you value truth, that you're just, you're one that values truth and you, you value the word of God. That's like just a, a reality of, of who you are. And then A is activating wisdom. And I just feel like there's a wisdom on your life, not only that you carry wisdom, but also you know how to impart wisdom to others. And, uh, and I just felt like it was for noticing who people are and that you're a noticer, you notice people and you take time to value the one in front of you, no matter who they are. And I, with that, I just felt like you're an influencer and, and a connector that you, uh, you have a, a grace to merge leaders. And I feel like even cross denominationally, there's a real grace on your life to merge leaders, even in the city, but even I feel like on a, on a more national scale too. Um, and I saw, actually saw a picture of you receiving some keys to a building and a deed to some land. And I don't know if that's literal or, or I felt like it actually had to do with inheritance, that there's literally things that you're receiving uh, in the scripture is the value of truth, that there's an increase. So, yeah, so we just bless that. Hey, maybe really quick, can we extend our hands to uh, Van and just, yeah. So, Lord, we just thank you for Van. We just thank you for this amazing, just humble leader and... We just uh, declare all of these words, like whatever is of you, just these words, just bearing fruit and going deep. And we just thank you for the grace on their lives and for the wisdom on his life and uh, for that he is a noticer of people. So we just bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Well, if you could, I'm just going to jump right into this. If you could turn with me to uh, John 4. 1 John 4, I think it'll come up here. 1 John 4, starting in verse 13, and we'll go all the way down to 21, if you brought your Bible today. This is awesome. This is just good news. All right, so let's go into this. Verse 13, it says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, 
so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is just awesome. What I want to kind of touch on here today is this verse right here, verse 16, and then it going into 17. We'll probably touch on a lot of it, but this amazing truth right here where it says God is love. That just blows me away. God is love. He is love. And it's not, you know, like it's like out of all the things that he could have said, he could have said like, I am the Lord that loves you. I'm a God that loves you. But it's actually the reality is that love is actually his identity. God is love. Love, God is love. It's not, you know, all the attributes of God. I am the Lord that heals you. I am the Lord, your provider. I am the Lord, the Lord of your peace. All of those things, literally, they find themselves in this one identity that God is love. And then we jump down to verse 17 and it says, as he is, so also are we in this world. And that just is amazing. That blows me away. God is love as he is. So are we in this world. So I'm going to share a story with you guys. Uh, so this one day, me and some of my friends, about three, three others, so there was about four of us, we were walking through uh, our neighborhood, uh, my wife and I, where we live. And to give a little bit of a context of what our neighborhood is like, it's, um, it's, it's a rough neighborhood. Uh, there's a lot of like prostitution and, and drug, drug addiction and drug, drug dealing and different things going on in this neighborhood. So it's very, a very urban setting, if that kind of gives a little bit of context of what we're walking around in. So we were just kind of walking around, and honestly, we were looking for people to love. So we did have an agenda, and we're just kind of looking like, man, Lord, where, where are people? We just want to love them. We just want to tell them about your love. And honestly, nobody was outside. It was a nice day. And we were like, oh my gosh, there's nobody here. Like, we got to find somebody to love. So we just started, we, we just started praying. We were like, God, just, uh, for, just draw people out of their homes. Like, that for some reason, they would just find themselves wanting to come out of their house. And about just then, right at that moment, a guy steps out onto his porch and he waves. And he's like, hey, hey, I, hey, I know you guys. You're the people that pray. You're the people that pray. And we love what you're doing here. And I said, oh, hey, man, like, it's so good to see you. Honestly, I didn't know him at all, but I just, I was happy to see him. So, because <laughs> I was like, yay, somebody to love. So, uh, so anyways, I walked across the street and we kind of met halfway in the middle of the road. And we're just hanging out in the middle of the road. And I shook his hand and just said, hey, man, so good to see you. How you doing? And as I got close, he actually, I could tell he smelled of alcohol really strong. His eyes were a little bloodshot. And, uh. I said, how you doing? He's like, oh, that's all I asked him. How you doing? He said, oh, to be honest with you, like I, uh, last night I was out really late and I was partying and I just got totally, you know, drunk. And he had this real look of shame on his face. And I looked at him and I said, man, it's okay. Like God loves you. Like he loves you. It's all right. Like, can we pray for you? And, uh, he said, yeah, I need prayer. So right there, again, in the middle of the street, I don't know what we were thinking. We just start praying for him right in the middle of the street. And we just start giving him these encouraging prophetic words. And uh, we're just, you know, praying for him. He starts crying and just encountering the love of God. And 
a little after this, maybe about five minutes into this, this uh, Cadillac comes rolling down like a side alley and it's bouncing and it's got the cracked uh, tinted windows. And uh, there's these two guys in there and they're, they're like in their seats, like pushed back about that far. And they're just rolling along and the windows cracked. And they were like, hey, and this isn't the guy's real name, but I'll just use this. He's like, hey, are you, you all right, Bill? You all right? And I knew that they weren't checking out Bill. They were checking out us. <laughs> and uh, they're like, are you all right? Is everything all right? And Bill just kind of walked right up and, you know, pushed through us, went right up to their window. And he said, yeah, man, I'm all right. I'm all right. They're praying for me. They're praying. These guys are praying for me. And he pointed at me and he said, and that one, that one, he's got some vibes. There, there's some, and he, he got a little emotional and he started crying a little. He was like, there's, there's some vibes on that one. And uh, I know it's hilarious. So anyways, so I was like, vibes, I don't know about that, but I'll take it, whatever, farther the gospel. So, so we walk up to the car and I just had this thought run through my mind, like through a word of knowledge, one of the gifts of the spirit, uh, just the, the receiving knowledge from God. Like, it's just like you're receiving a fact about somebody that you would have had no idea about. So a thought went through my mind that, that they had back pain. So I said, which one of you has back pain? And then they literally just started dumping tears. They're like, we both have back pain. We were just talking about how our backs were hurting. So like they, at this point, they unrolled their windows. I took the passenger side. My friend took the driver's side. Two, two of the girls that were with us stayed kind of off with Bill. And we just started encouraging, encouraging these guys big time. And just literally just these thoughts in my, in my mind and in my friend's mind just continued to flow. And we ended up just like telling them like every detail of their life. I remember I looked at the passenger guy and I said, you know, you have two daughters and uh, you've been away from your family. Your daughters miss you and your mother, especially your mother is really concerned for you. You've been away from your mother and she wants you back. Like she, she misses you. She misses you, man. And he just starts dump. He just starts crying. He's like, what? And his friend is just dumping tears and he's confirming. His friend is like, he was just telling me about his daughters and how about his mom. And he, and the guy looked at me and he's like, he's like, man, I just got out of prison. I've been in prison. I've been away from my two daughters. I've been away from my mom. And uh, so it just continued this way. Their backs improved. We're just praying. We find out that the driver actually had, had murdered someone. And uh, he, he, he said that it was an accident. And the mother of the man that he killed had forgiven him. But he couldn't forgive himself. And he literally, he said, he, he, he had like almost like, I hate myself for this. And he was like, I know punishment will come. He was like, punishment must come. It has to come. Like, I know that I deserve to be punished. And I remember, I normally wouldn't do this, but I remember I looked at him and I said, you know, man, you're right. Like, like for what you did, like punishment should come. But the reality is, is that somebody was hung on a tree for you so that he received the punishment for you so that you could live forgiven. So just kind of sharing the gospel. We started sharing the gospel with them. It ends up, we find out that they're both Muslims. And uh, so got to actually like share the seed of the gospel with two Muslims and what these, these guys that started out really cold with their tinted windows and kind of checking us out and almost ready to defend this guy, Bill, it ends with them stepping out of their cars and embracing us with tears. And we love you, man. We love you. Oh, we love you guys. And they're hugging and just hugged us, jumped back in their car and went on, went on their way. And then um, this guy, and then we go back to Bill and, uh, oh, I forgot to share this really quick. Let me back up. So one of the guys before they leave I, as I'm saying stuff to him, he looks at his friend and he's like, you know, man, what, what's, what's on this one? What's on this one? I, I, I want it on me. Like, I want it on me is kind of what he said. And uh, I was like, man, it's the love of God. It's just the love of God. So they leave. We, get, we go back over to Bill 
and Bill's just hanging out and he literally, he's this middle-aged man and he comes up to me and he starts resting his head on my chest and he's crying and he's literally like, like this, like nuzzling up on my chest and I just ate it up. I just was rub, you know, rubbing his back and oh, God loves you, man. And he was just so happy. So he, and then he looked at us and he's like, you know, if you ever come into any trouble in this neighborhood, this is my neighborhood. Everybody knows my name. You just tell them that Bill, you're friends with Bill. So I realized he must've been somebody important. So anyways, <laughs> so anyways, he, we go on our way, we hug him, we embrace, we leave, go on our way. And as we're walking away, my two friends, the two girls that stayed behind with Bill, they said, Micah, you know what? We were talking to Bill when you were talking to those guys. And you know why he said that he felt like you had vibes? He said that he felt like you had vibes because you took the time to shake his hand and look him in the eyes. And that's amazing. As he is, so are we in this world. Love is so simple. Like that simple act of love, of giving a human being, somebody that, you know, wasn't necessarily in the most honorable state in in their physical body. You know, somebody that is bloodshot eyes and, you know, just not in a very good physical state. Honoring that human being and shaking his hand, looking him in the eyes and giving him enough value as a person, that opened the door for the gospel, a seed of the gospel to be scattered on two Muslims. And it all started with that simple act of shaking somebody, somebody's hand. Isn't that awesome? So, yeah, come on. Jesus is so good. So, yeah, so what I wanted to get at here is, you know, the late Nelson Mandela. Uh, if you don't know who Nelson Mandela was, he, he was a um, prime minister in um, South, South Africa for a period of time. Really influential guy, kind of became known around the world. But anyways, there's a quote from him. He said, he said um, people aren't born to hate. They have to learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, then they can be taught to love because love is, comes more natural to the human heart. And I love that. I think that's amazing that love comes more natural to the human heart. I think it's actually totally true because if we look in Genesis 1... When it says that God created everything, he created the heavens and the earth. And then it says, this is the quote that it says, he says, he said, let us make man in our own image and in our own likeness. And we just read in John, John, first John four, that it says God is love. So when they were created in his image and in his likeness, Adam and Eve, they literally were created with the capacity, not just to receive his love, but to also be love to the earth. Cause he said, be fruitful and multiply. So have children, love your children, love the earth and, and subdue the earth through love and through the power, my, the power of my presence. And that, that just like is amazing. So literally not just in the born again, born again believer, but in every single individual on the earth, there's actually something in their DNA and in their makeup that has a capacity to love and until that, that is filled through the gospel, until they re, is filled in receiving Jesus, there's actually a void in, your, in their heart that everybody's searching for love. Because originally we were created in his image and in his likeness, which is love. Is that making sense? So, that's just good news. So, so anyways, we know the rest of the story. Adam and Eve, you know, they're created in his image and in his likeness. But then... The snake comes, you know, the, the devil comes and tempts them and they eat of this, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And they literally, they sin enters into the world. It enters into their hearts and enters into the world. And then from that point on, everyone is born into sin. Everybody is born into sin. Just from all, every generation through on was born into a nature that was, that was in, in sin. And I think really what happened there is that 
literally the original design that I had said that they were made in the image and the likeness of God, that original design of love, that every single human being was created to receive love from the Father and to, receive, and to love their neighbor, was distorted. And immediately the gospel kicked in, and that's when Jesus, God had a plan to send his son, and for his son to come, that for God to come in the flesh, in the, on the earth, and actually take back and bring back the original design that we would all be in his image and in his likeness. And that is what it is. It's love. So Jesus, he comes, you know, he, and that's his, orig- that's his whole plan, is literally to restore what was stolen. In Luke, Luke 19, it says that Jesus came to seek and to save, save that which was lost. We were lost. Everybody was lost because our original design had been distorted. And God came to bring it back. So, share about this. This is what the gospel is. Like, the gospel is God's love letter to humanity. Because it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his son, that whoever would ever believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. That's the gospel. The gospel is a love letter. It's a love letter from from, from your father, from God. And Jesus came to bring love. And I really believe because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. So his son came from the love of God. I really believe that Jesus was one that literally embodied the love of God. He, was, he showed an example of what a human being looks like to be restored to the original design. So, so the gospel. So there's this one time in the gospel of John chapter 3. This guy named Nicodemus comes to Jesus. And Nicodemus is uh, just a really prominent um, leader in the Pharisee movement of the day. And he comes to Jesus in the night and he comes to him privately and he says, you know, Jesus, we know who you are. We know that you're from God. You're sent from God. And Jesus, he's like, you know, Nick, it's, uh, he's like, you know, Nick, Nick, it's awesome that you know me, but you must be born again. And I picture Nicodemus laughing. He's like, <laughs> wow. So, Jesus, how in the world can I enter my mother's womb a second time? I'm a grown man. Like, seriously, <laughs> you're funny, Jesus. Uh, and uh, I just picture Jesus like, no, 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 I understand. He was like, Jesus said, that which was born of the flesh is flesh. And what he meant by that is that you were born from your mother. I picture Jesus like grabbing Nicodemus's arm. And he's like, look, you know, I know that you're flesh. You were born from your mom. You're a grown man. You came out of your mother. You're, you're flesh. But Jesus is like, I'm talking about being born of the Spirit. And that's, what, that's totally it. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus came to restore. In Ezekiel 36, 26, we could uh, turn to that really quick. Ezekiel 36, 26. This is a prophetic word, like a, a messianic word about the coming Messiah. In Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27, it says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statures and be careful to obey my rules because they would be written on our hearts. And that's totally the gospel. That was a, that was a prophetic word about what Jesus came to do. He came to give us a new heart and a new spirit. And not only that, but to put his spirit within us. Because in Romans, it says that the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So the only way that, that love comes in is through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what he came to, dis- to restore. And that's what happens when we're born again. We become something. We become children of God. We, we become restored to that original design of loving him and loving our neighbor. Loving him and loving our neighbor. So on Friday night, 
I, we, we arrived up here Friday night and got to go to uh, the home group that Wilson and Luke, the two young guys that were up here earlier that are on staff, got to go to their home group. And it's amazing what God is doing. So we were at the home group. And then afterwards, a whole pile of us went to Skyline. Very bad idea for me, but uh, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, we go to Skyline. And then after Skyline, we thought, hey, let's go to Walmart. Uh, we only have about 20 minutes because it's getting late. So it was actually probably Saturday morning at this time. I think it was around 1 o'clock at, in the morning. So we go to Walmart, and we're only there for about 20 minutes, and we split up into, into teams. And uh, I went with uh, Carly and Becca. I don't know if Carly and Becca are here, but these two young girls that are a part of the home group. And uh, we're just walking around Walmart. We came with, again, a motive to love and to see what God would do to see the kingdom show up. And it's in the Walmart. It was in the Walmart next to uh, the Ronald Reagan Highway. So literally like just up the street. So we're in this Walmart. We're walking around. We only have about 20 minutes. And uh, we were walking by the electronics section, like the kind of video game movie section. And this uh, young guy and these a few teenagers, young guys are kind of hanging out. And I just felt drawn to him. So I had the thought, again, a thought went through my mind that maybe one of them had a sports injury. So we walked up to him and just was, hey, man, how are you guys doing? I know this could sound really strange, but I was wondering if, if any of you guys have uh, any pain in your body due to a sports injury. And they were like, no, no, no. And uh, one kid said, no, I don't. He's like, but I just have knee problems. I just have pain and, and a lot of problems in my knee. And I said, oh, why? Like, what, when does it happen? How does it, how did it happen? When does it act up? He's like, well, really, it acts up when I play football. And I was like, well, I think that's probably a sports-related injury. Um, so anyways, so, I know it's hilarious. So anyways, we start, we, we just started talking to him and he was like, I was like, yeah, we love Jesus and we see Jesus heal people. And, uh, he, he said, man, I love Jesus. I love God. He's like, my friends have been telling me about Jesus. I don't know much about him yet, but I'm learning. And I really like God. I like God. And he was just hungry. He was ripe. So anyways, we were about to start praying for this young kid's knee. And then his friends walk up a whole swarm of them. And, and, uh, they were kind of like, you know, we got to get going. And, uh, I was like, oh, well, we were about to fr- pray for your friend's knee. And then I was like, in fact, do any of you guys have pain in your body? And then the, the kid became the evangelist. And he starts telling all his friends, like taunting all of his friends. He's like, yeah, yeah, do you have pain in your body? Like, this is going to be really cool. God is cool. And, uh, and it's funny. So anyways, one of the kids said, yeah, I have neck pain. So just, and then one of them said, I have diabetes. So Becca went over, started praying for the kid that had diabetes. And I, I just started praying for the kid that had neck pain. And he said, he said it was about at a seven, which was 10 being the highest, 10 being like, he, in his words, he said, 10 being a chainsaw to my neck. I was like, all right, yeah, sure. And he's like, all right, this is a seven. I said, all right, let's pray. So we prayed. I just said a simple prayer. And then like he was, I said, okay, now check it out. And he moved it around. He's like, what the? He's like, what did you do? It, it, it went numb. It went numb. He's like, it's numb. Like, what did you do? Did you, did you shoot the back of my neck with a, with a shot, with a needle? And I was like, no, man, like that's Jesus. He loves you. And, and this broke my heart. He said, why would God do this for me? I haven't gone to church in six years. And I said, man, he'd do this to you because he loves you. So that's awesome. And then they, he was just dumbfounded. They kind of ran off. And then we're still with this young kid that has the bad knee. And we just said, hey, can we pray for your knee? So Carly bent down and started praying for his knee. It wasn't something that he would be able to check out. But anyways, um, Afterwards, we just ended up telling him about this message about being born again, and he came to Christ right on the spot, just in a 20-minute span. Come on. Yeah. 
just so good. So, I, so you know, I think what I'm getting at here with all the stories is that love looks like something. You know, in that whole passage, as he has, so are we in this world. That literally, love isn't necessarily something that you have to do. It's something that you have to become, that you have to be. We just get to be love. And I'm not saying, obviously, love looks like actual, literal taking action like that, praying for the guy's neck or, or stepping out and making those signs in the gay pride. Love looks like something, but it's something more in your identity than it is a, a performance or something that you have to work up to do. It's just something that you are. If you are born again and you're a Christian, love is the most natural thing for your born-again heart to do. So, I just want to read this passage really quick. We're just going to end it with this. Um, Just the reality of love. You know, in Ephesians it says that, be imitators of God and walk in love. So how do we imitate God? We walk in love. As he is, so are we in this world. And it's so simple. Think about the first story I shared, how I just shook a man's hand and I looked at him in the eyes. Love could look like literally just paying for the, for the man's groceries behind you. It could look like praying for a guy's neck and his neck gets totally healed. Love is, like, is just the kingdom invading the earth. So Luke 15, if you could turn with me to Luke 15 verse 3. Jesus, Jesus here is sharing three parables. He's sharing the parable of, of a lost sheep and a parable of a lost coin and a parable of a lost son. And in Luke 15, verse 3, he said, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And the, the verse that sticks out to me is verse 4 where it says, Leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost one until it is found. See, you know, we know in James it talks about, James it talks about the royal law, the new royal law and the new covenant in this new, new era where we're born again. It says the royal law is to love your neighbor as yourself. And then in Galatians, it actually says that the whole law is summed up in one word. Love your neighbor as yourself. So who is your neighbor? Your neighbor is everyone. Your neighbor is anybody that you come in contact with throughout your day. And the reality is is that people are lost and everybody is searching for love. Like whether they seem really hard or they seem, no matter what the condition that we were, that we were saved in, if we, if we were you know, the worst of the worst in a, in a parent of, you know, of drugs or whatever kind of thing we found ourselves in, or we were just a goody, a goody two-shoe. No matter, no matter what status of life we find ourselves in, everybody's in need of the love of God. And this reality here of going after the lost one until, he, until we find it, we just get to partner with God to love the earth, to love people. So I just, I'd love for everybody to stand, and I'm just going to just pray a prayer over us and just Invite Holy Spirit to come because, as I said, the love of God is poured into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the greatest enemy to love, to living a life of love, is fear. But I'm telling you, as a born-again believer, fear is not your natural environment. Love is. So we're just going to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love, that we would see our neighbor. We would start to see the, man, the people in the grocery stores. We'd start to see even our next-door neighbors, and we'd start to figure the Lord would give us ideas on how to love the people in front of us. So right now, Lord, I just thank you that you are love. 
And like John says, as you are, so are we in this world. I just thank you that literally love is the most natural thing for the Christian to do. That it's not a duty that a, Christ, a duty for a Christian, but it's, it's literally an identity for the Christian. So right now, I just speak over everyone, and I just invite your presence, Holy Spirit. We just say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, and let every heart be filled with love. I just thank you that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. So right now, I just speak over every single person and over my own heart, fear out, love in. Fear out, love in. That even in times where we face fear or we feel fear fear of afraid to talk to our neighbor, that the love of God would push us past our fear and into action. So I just release that, and I just thank you for your presence, and I bless everyone here. Amen. Well, while you're standing, I'm... You can sit, be seated if you like. I'm going to just quickly call out some words of knowledge, like I was sharing about with what we see out in the community. And I, I just feel like if this applies to you, at the end, I'm going to have my team come up, and we're going to have the Vineyard Northwest team come up here. And uh, we just, if this applies to you, or if in general you just need prayer in any way, but if any of these words apply to you, I encourage you to come up, and I just believe God is going to touch you today. So the first thing I felt is if there's anybody that has hip pain or problems in their sciatic nerve, particularly maybe even your right hip, if that's you, please come up. We want to pray for you, and we just are going to partner with you, and we believe God is going to heal you. Another thing we felt, and with none of this stuff, you have to raise your hand, but another thing we felt was that I just feel like there's people here that maybe have been dealing with depression, and in some ways, you've kind of, it's kind of just felt like it's been looming over you and even maybe affecting your sleep. And I just feel like maybe even it crosses over into feeling these intense feelings of anxiety where almost maybe crosses into actual like kind of anxiety attacks. And I just feel like if that applies to you, man, Jesus will set you free. Like Jesus didn't die to set you free someday. He died to set you free now, today. Today is the day of salvation. So if you deal with depression, we just want to pray with you because God died so that you could have joy. And then if anybody has back or neck pain due to a car accident, if that applies to you, please come up. We want to pray for you. If we could have the team come up, that would be awesome. And uh, just feel free to start making your way up to receive prayer uh, as I'm calling out these things. Um, I just feel like if anybody here has a bulging disc... uh, like a just a pressed, compact, kind of bulging disc in your back. Please come up. We want to pray for you. God's going to heal you. If there's anybody here that has blood issues in any way, any form of kind of blood, blood issue, uh, diabetes, um, fibromyalgia, please come up. We want to pray for you and just see God heal your body. Um, if anybody has TMJ, lockjaw, where your jaw kind of clicks or locks up in your jaw, it's, it's, the TMJ is a joint and a muscle. You know what it is if you have it. If you have that, please come up. We want to pray for you. We've, we've been seeing consistently lately people getting healed of TMJ. It's awesome. Uh, if anybody has torn muscles or things in their knees, come up. We want to pray for you. We really want to pray for you guys. We just bless you guys. And then the last one, I just felt like if there's anybody here that has artery problems or just problems in their arteries right at their heart, in the heart area, the arteries right around your heart, We want to pray for you, and we just feel like God's going to clear up your arteries if you have clogged arteries. So if any of those words apply to you, come on up. If they're close enough in the sense that, like, well, I don't don't have a back problem because of a car accident, but I do have back problems, come up and we'll pray for you. So, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much.
Thanks, Jack. Uh, yeah, so um, we're going we're gonna to end the service right now, but uh, make your way up for prayer. This is a prime time to have God touch your life. God's presence is here. So um, would you all stand with me again, please? Uh, Father God, thank you for this day. And we just yield our hearts to you. And we want to walk in that love this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, great to see you here. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for coming.